Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello, this is Robert Smile coming to you today with a Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Dave Brown is an engineer slash entrepreneur who emphasizes the centrality of human-centered design in the success of any product enterprise. He is currently the founder and CEO of Quick Healthcare, focused on the operational dysfunction in hospitals. Quick is building a sophisticated virtual assistant for hospital staff. Well, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. And Robert, I'm super psyched to be with you. Great. Okay. I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Well, uh, I'm an engineer, as you said. Uh, I come from Ontario, and uh, I'm the son of an engineer who is a super geeky guy. He worked in plasma physics for atomic energy, and uh, technology was always a theme, and uh, it was an important element of of, uh, my life uh, from when I was quite young. So it didn't take long for me to determine that I was going to be an engineer. And while I was uh, wrapping up my studies, between my jobs as a raft guide and studying, I got into working with college pro painters, learning a little bit about business in that uh, little uh, universe. Um, Once I was out in the world, I worked in technology for United Technologies, Otis Canada. Um, Then I spent a few years pursuing my rowing career. I'm a uh, former national team athlete with Rowing Canada. Um, Once I retired from full-time training, I returned to technology and did a uh, healthcare startup here in Vancouver. That's back in the mid-90s now. After trying and failing with that enterprise, I ended up in Silicon Valley, and I worked down there in technology and in entrepreneurship, as well as design, for 12 years. Ten years ago, I returned to Vancouver, dove back into healthcare, another technology startup, and uh, I have had a couple of false starts um, uh, learning all the way. And uh, I would say it was about three and a half years ago that the concept of quick healthcare started to uh, burn. And uh, now here we are still early stage, busting to transform uh, the delivery of care in hospitals. And uh, it's a long story, but there, it is a profound uh, a set of dysfunctions and challenges uh, faced by staff who are on the front lines in in hospitals, just trying their darndest to survive the chaos in emergency care, desperately trying to help people um, who are in serious pain or discomfort. And those people, despite the fact that they really are at the leading edge of of healthcare delivery, and let's just call it the, the open mouth of the entire healthcare system, they're working with really crude tools, oftentimes still using clipboards and paper and pencils to uh, document uh, their encounters with patients. And 
that takes time. There are a million other little things that happen that just suck time away from productive attention, decision-making, and treatment for these staff. So we see a variety of ways we can help to improve uh, the flow of the work and, of course, the journey of the patient from the front desk, the reddish desk, through triage, through assessment, through treatment, and back out the door so they can go home feeling a whole lot better. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Did you need financing to start your company, and how do you currently make money in the business now then? Well, it's still an early-stage startup. Mm-hmm. Of course, financing is, has been necessary for me to survive this, and I have funded it myself. Um, I have found that the people that are working with me now, more than 10, have all uh, assumed a certain amount of personal risk along with me, in making this happen. And that has actually been a really good thing because these people aren't here just to make money or to have a job. Everybody that's working with me is a part of a mission to make the world a better place um, through a variety of clever methods. And they're all believers along with me in in executing this plan. Okay, what is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC, or even Canada? Well, uh, certainly geographically, what we're building should and must work everywhere in the world. Um, The technology we're building, the solution, is actually um, global. Um, Of course, we live here. And because it's a lot less expensive to travel to Vancouver General Hospital than it is to travel down to Cedar sinai in Beverly Hills, we're working with people locally to try to tune the strategy. But our long-term plan certainly is to expand globally. It's less about the geographic distribution. I think more for us, it's as much about the... um, the people who are served by this set of applications. And for the time being, our focus is precisely on emergency staff and of course the administration that support emergency care delivery. But obviously eventually it'll make sense for us to serve the whole hospital. And uh, that will be eventually uh, a very big business that perhaps we will continue to run or probably more likely somebody will, acquire us and give it the the financial backing that it needs for that kind of scale. Okay, let's talk a little bit about doing business in Vancouver and what that sure. looks like for you. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Sure. Well, Other people you've interviewed have talked about community in this city. It really is awesome. There are a bunch of people who look past their own business focus um, with a a sort of a conscience about the network of companies that are trying to make it here, and they commit energy to supporting other entrepreneurs. And I really, really believe in that whole philosophy. It's it's awesome. And anybody coming here uh, with a mission to build something can assume that 
if they contribute to the community, if they bring their knowledge and their, their goodwill to the community, that they can receive lots of support back from it. Um, you know, synergy. And that, that is really, really great about Vancouver. Um, another thing that I think describes the city really well um, is it's something that's probably more obvious to me, given that I lived in Silicon Valley for 12 years. And that is that Vancouver is pretty aspirational. Like the Vancouver tech community kind of aspires to be like Silicon Valley and it draws from the lessons um, that are so readily available for us here and um, tries to do the kind of adventurous, big vision thinking. Um, sometimes, you know, as Canadians, we can be a little bit too modest, but uh, I think that sentiment of ambition and community allegiance exists here. Um, you asked for some downsides. So, yeah, what are the, some of the tough things that you've witnessed? Well, Vancouver is a funny town. I have heard a lot of people say it. It's a beautiful place. People enjoy the lifestyle um, living in the city. It's, it's um, fraught with all sorts of opportunities for distraction, you know, carts and of course, snowboarding and skiing and, um, you know, golf, all sorts of great things that can diversify one's lifestyle. Um, but people can be kind of cliquey and it can be hard to break in, to feel included, to feel like you're part of a group. Um, cliques or groups of people are often a little um, unporous to, to others. Um, but, you know, I would say that... Uh, um, the meetup community or sets of communities is a great way to break in. So there are ways of dealing with that issue. You just have to really commit to engaging. And some people will say, you know, patience. Right. Just being patient, getting out into the right networks that are accepting you that uh, can help you and, and, uh, and enable you to network and connect with the right people. Yeah, I mean, people um, people change, they adapt, they will uh, eventually invite you in if you um, are persistently present, you know, and I don't mean standing on somebody's doorstep banging on it. I mean, showing up at events and, and being a generous soul and being interested in what other people are doing. One other thing I want to say about Vancouver that I really have a major beef about, and that is the cost of real estate in this town. It is definitely a huge barrier. Um, it's hard to imagine somebody having the choice of either, either living here or living in Toronto, um, all other things being equal, choosing Vancouver, given the high cost of real estate in this town. It's just very hard to, um, to afford a property when you've got you know, a family and like two kids. It's, it's just too expensive and that poses a threat for a lot of local entrepreneurs who want to grow their businesses here and build a team here and bring people in from the outside. Um, that is a, uh, a challenge that I'm really counting on municipal leadership to uh, solve for us. Okay, we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas or just think about your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here? Um, it definitely changes with the season. Um, 
Heaven knows the, uh, the North Shore Mountains are fantastic for skiing and snowboarding. And of course, Whistler being a world-class resort is so close. That's a huge benefit and boon to people that, uh, that live here. And it is for me. I'm a mountain biker and I love to hit the North Shore trails on my mountain bike. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Pacific Spirit Park, uh, the UBC Endowment Lands. It's such an amazing place to just walk and contemplate the beauty and think about how to, you know, um, beat that uh, business challenge that just seems to continually uh, thwart us. So I love going into, uh, into the endowment lands to, uh, to ride or, or to hike. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just so many different opportunities uh, for recharging. And, of course, in the, in the winter, um, snowboarding is just perfect for me. Okay. Now, we have a lot of international listeners, so this next question, I want you to speak to them. If you were to start all over again, and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do, and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? That's a frightful thought. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, for somebody coming here, I mentioned earlier the, the sort of meetup community in Vancouver. It's really awesome, very active. There are lots of things going on. No matter your interest, um, there surely is a meetup meet event, uh, a regular meetup event that uh, caters to your interest. Um, it's one way to build community and feel like you're part of something. And, of course, to meet people who may, you know, be keen to go into business with you. Um, I say just get involved. Um, one of the uh, regular events that I'm a huge fan of is Tech Vancouver. Um, the people who put those events on are just amazing human beings, and they're doing an incredible service. Those events are really well attended, and they're really fun, and tons of great speakers come in and present at those, and the networking is just second to none. Okay, let's talk about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Um, I'm not one of um, potent routines. I mean, as an athlete in the past when I was, you know, rowing, uh, and I did row super, um, uh, let's say, actively and competitively for about three decades. I did have a strict routine of waking up and jumping in the car and heading to the rowing club. Um, now it is more organic. Um, it depends on how awake I feel, but you know, yeah, usually popping open the laptop and reading email and taking stock of the schedule I've got uh, laid out for the day and the things that I need to get done. If I haven't already plotted my tasks, I will tend to do that in the morning when it's still quiet. Um, yeah, that's about it. A little bit of breakfast. I totally believe in eating a healthy breakfast before um, you get into your day. Um, delaying a morning meal is, uh, in my view, a really bad idea. Okay. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? Um, you know, that's a really interesting question. Um, Weird wouldn't be the word, although some people may see us that way. Um, What I think is common to most, if not all, entrepreneurs is a certain kind of um, ambition, sort of a clarity of of 
purpose and interest, um, along with a great sense of agency. So what I mean by that is that, you know, we feel like by our efforts, we can cause something to happen. And I've learned over the years that that is not necessarily um, common to all people. Um, I think a lot of people are ready to kind of wait for somebody else to be at cause to make something happen. And, you know, somebody might say that's sort of an employee mentality. It's not a bad thing. I mean, teams need uh, a multiple, you know, a, a variety of, uh, of character types, personality types. But for the entrepreneur, the person who is going to drive a business from zero to something in a modest amount of time, they have to have clarity of vision, ambition, um, and certainly that sense of, yes, I can do it. And if it is going to happen, I have to, uh, I have to initiate it. Okay. What books are you reading now and why are even <laughs> audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also inspiring entrepreneurs? Right. Yes. Um, so I used to read more, re read more books than I do now. Um, I find it very hard to pay attention to a book from front cover to back cover. Um, I find myself often um, pulling bits from here and there, unless of course it's a novel that we're expected, that whereby you really need to read it from start to finish to feel and, and experience the narrative. But you know, when it, when it comes to sort of business and educational content, my go-to tends to be more blogs and God, I love YouTube. I just think there are so, I mean, if somebody is a leading author, it's almost a sure thing that you can find interviews and uh, presentations by them uh, on YouTube or on, uh, on podcasts like you, Robert. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is so much content available to those of us who have too much ADD to sit down with a book and read it from front to back. And of course, because we as entrepreneurs, especially in technology and in healthcare, we have to have such a broad and diverse set of um, appetites and curiosities. Um, no one book is going to do it. And uh, many blogs and many articles are, well, ultimately for me, a much more effective way of staying on top of what's happening and learning. Um, I'd add that um, I have Flipboard on my phone. And damn, if that isn't an amazing way of, of uh, swiping through a broad array of subjects and going relatively deep um, over a rather brief spell of time, you can scope out what's happening on a bunch of different topics quickly. So I love that. Okay, what online or offline tools do you use on a daily basis? I use a pen too much. I hate the thing and I just can't control it properly, but I still sometimes find myself trying to take notes with a, uh, with a notebook. And well, you know, I think all the smart money would still say, yeah, have a notebook with you. Um, but um, I honestly seem to do better with a keyboard and eventually my voice um, in just talking to an application. But um uh, Slack is really vital um, for my team. Um, we communicate a lot by Slack, a little bit by email. Um, 
And one of the tools that just continues to blow my mind and its utility is HubSpot. Um, it's an amazing uh, platform for capturing um, dialogue, especially email. Um, but anytime I've interacted with somebody, I'm going to have a profile in HubSpot for them. I have one now for you, Robert. And anything that goes on in email gets logged in there, providing it's appropriate to log it in HubSpot. And of course, it's really good for tracking progress and um, uh, goals or pursuits, whether it's pursuing relationships with potential partners or customers or investors or what have you. Um, it's just an awesome platform. And for free, um, a person like me can use the CRM and all its power, knowing full well that there are a suite of other marketing tools that are available when, um, when we're ready to pay the, uh, the hefty price for them. Okay. If you were doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? If I wasn't doing what I'm doing now? Mm -hmm. Oh, well... You know, um, uh, I still and always will love sport and rowing. And um, I have done some coaching in the past. I loved coaching, not necessarily the cold early mornings. Um, but uh, if I could, if I didn't have to worry about the low salary, I'd probably coach. And another thing that I've always loved is um drumming. I'm a musician. I started playing drums when I was eight years old and uh, I still aspire to play regularly. It's really hard to do it now because of all the other um, commitments I've got in life. But uh, yeah, if I didn't have to worry about money, I'd probably um, try to find uh, a couple of bands to play with and jam and perform for what little I could squeeze out of it financially. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. Um, something that was really repetitive and um, monotonous. And I'm, that sounds sort of critical. I'm thinking of working on an assembly line or um, something where there was a, uh, a very brief period of an activity that uh, cycled and recycled over and over again. Um, I just, I don't think I could do it. Um, I'd go crazy. I often think too that, um, you know, I, I love that lawyers, uh, exist to protect us, um, from our own <laughs> fallibilities. Um, uh, they're an important utility in the business landscape, but God, I just couldn't do their jobs. Um, there's way too much fussiness over the finest details in language. And that would drive me nuts. <laughs> In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you, that you like to use? Well, you know, I find myself saying things that are sort of context dependent. Um, what I would find myself saying sort of generally or globally, no matter the circumstance, is probably something like, and this is sort of a pathetic cliche, but uh, just do it. Um, very often we're our own worst enemies. We think and then doubt and question and uh, hesitate. And um, I'm with this and I think doubting and reflecting and asking ourselves the tough questions is a really good thing. But I, 
I really believe that some of the world's most amazing ideas die because the person who had that idea just didn't have the gumption to move forward and make something, make that thing happen. Even if it just involved telling people, it doesn't mean that you have to sit down and learn a programming language. Um, there are people that are willing to help, but somebody's got to start and initiate that spark and make it happen and just do it is really how it starts. What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Um, I don't like the word can't. Um, sometimes it's valid. I think oftentimes it's an excuse for I don't want to, and it doesn't really feel uh, genuine. Um, and I, so I don't like the inauthent inauthenticity of that, um, of that word and it's frequency, frequent use. Um, you know, um, if somebody doesn't want to do something, just say it. Um, and actually that's something that at times I know I, um, I, it's a trap that I can fall into too, but, um, yeah, can't, it's a bad word. Okay. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Um, well, I hear it a lot now that I'm tenacious. Um, so that's certainly one. I think there's another word, and this is something that I aspire to, and that is just relentless honesty um, with compassion. Um, doesn't mean telling a person every nasty thought you may have about them if you're having a bad day. But um, yeah, for me, it's um, kind of always trying to peel back to the truth. What is it really that I'm thinking and presuming it's, you know, um, it's fair and, and uh, um, uh, useful to say it out loud. Um, people can pretty much always count on me to talk straight. What keeps you up at night, if anything? What keeps me up at night? Um, <laughs> anxiety. The anxiety that comes from um, taking, uh, well, certainly this risk with quick healthcare, um, not the fear of failure so much as in a more precise way, the fear of dropping a ball or forgetting to get something done. And of course I do take notes and I am um, you know, pretty good with documenting my plan, but I'm always worried that I've missed something. And that definitely has me um, restless at two in the morning at times. Okay, I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be a TEDx talk. This could be traveling more, philanthropy, write a book, anything like that. The things that I want to do in my sort of ultimate destiny. Yeah, some things you'd like to achieve, um, pursue. Well, certainly, I mean, quick healthcare is is deeply meaningful to me, um, and it's a uh, it's a life's work project for sure. Um, but uh, on top of this, you know, I feel like I've uh, paid a lot of dues over the years, both as an athlete, as a person, I suppose, as well in my own personal journey, and uh, also as an entrepreneur. And I feel a profound desire to make whatever insights, experience, and, and um, 
uh, energies I've got available to other people as well. I mean, I do love to, to connect and to support other entrepreneurs who are straight talking, honest and, um, compassionate as well as ambitious. You know, I look for those characteristics in others and I want to support people who, um, possess those traits and have something that they deeply want to achieve. Um, and I think that really is like something that I intend on doing until I'm dead. Um, I love also to, at some point in the future, you know, have a studio, a drum set or two and other musicians to play with. I mean, that'll be fantastic when I have time and, um, the reserves to, uh, to do that. Um, yeah, I think that hits the key points. It's not very spectacular and, uh, romantic, but yeah, it's really what, um, what I want. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout British Columbia? Well, um, I mean, I pick up stuff from all sorts of people. Um, and I feel it's kind of like, you know, not necessarily accountable to any one person, but I think if there is one person who has, been generous with their advice again maybe at this point kind of a, a standard go-to or a cliche but Steve Blank has shared so much brilliance with us um, as entrepreneurs as business people as people who are world changers if we can claim that mantle um, and I just think that every entrepreneur should immerse themselves in the wisdom that is now not terribly fresh and new, but still really powerful stuff. What one other person or group of people whose brilliance um, I'm constantly um, uh, sort of utilizing is um, Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens, um, Richard Dawkins, uh, among others in that circle of um, geniuses. Uh, these guys are all about sort of brutal reason um, and honesty, looking at an unfiltered um, view of reality, taking it in and being really clear on what is happening, uh, what your intentions are, and uh, what has happened. And I just feel like that is the greatest medicine in a world that is so often fact-free. Um, I think what these guys uh, have said um, are really important uh, insights, and generous bits of wisdom for all of us to, uh, to consume. Okay, Dave, you ready to have some fun? Let's go for it. <laughs> okay. As you know, entrepreneurs are very, very busy people. We're always connected. We're always online. We're always on the go. But we're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat and we'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? You know, um, that's a tricky one. Um, so I think it depends on the people that are there. The thing that's really cool about that, I think, unfortunately, uh, unlikely 
uh, location is that, you know, the internet tends to invade everybody everywhere. And not that that's a bad thing, but it would be really cool if indeed this community of, of Islanders existed and were totally disconnected from the outside world. I really want to know what they think, um, what they believe and why. Um, that doesn't necessarily answer your question. I suppose it would depend on how many of them uh, there were and how welcome I was to, to, um, to meet them and um, get to know them. Um, so could be a day, uh, a week, but probably no more than a month because, damn, I really like my phone and, and my community here in Vancouver and my family, my daughter, and my friends. Okay, Dave, we're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Well, um, okay, so reaching me, um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and Dave Brown is a pretty common name, but Quick Healthcare, Q-I-I-Q. Healthcare is not a common name. So if somebody wants to find me, they can find me there. Um, and by the way, I'm looking for investors, um, smart uh, investors who can contribute insight and wisdom um, to the specifics of what we're doing. Um, AngelList as well. Um, I'm there and eager to hear from people, uh, certainly in both the, on both those platforms. Um, another thing that I'd like to say is, Robert, I'm really super grateful that you do this. Um, it's just an amazing service that um, people can learn from. And it's... I insist better than a book because you actually hear the voice of the person um, sharing their experiences and insights. And it's a powerful value and product that you're um, providing to all of us. So thanks a lot for doing it. Well, thank you very much for that nice compliment. Really appreciate that. Okay, Dave. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Well, I hope we talk again sometime. Yes. Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.